We begin our study of Nietzsche's Thus Spoke Zarathustra by turning directly to the text itself. When Zarathustra was 30 years old, he left his home and the lake of his home and went into the mountains. Now, we don't know what he was like for those 30 years. We don't exactly know why he left his home. He didn't hear the call of God like Abraham did to leave his city. We don't really know the situation here. But what we do know is that he went into the mountains. And here he enjoyed his spirit and his solitude. And for 10 years did not tire of it. He's not someone who can't bear to be alone. He's not someone who has to be with other people. In those 10 years, he was content to be with his solitude. He enjoyed his spirit and his solitude. But at last, his heart transformed. One morning, he arose with the dawn, stepped before the sun, and spoke to it thus. And here we have the first speech of Zarathustra addressing the sun. You great star, what would your happiness be if you had not those for whom you shine? For 10 years, you've come up here to my cave. Now we can stop for a minute because already the theme of the sun and the cave could remind you of Plato's cave allegory from the Republic where, you know, we're all in the situation of people in a cave looking at shadows, mistaking them for realities. And gradually an education is the turning around of the soul that ascends from the cave out into the natural light of the sun and ultimately ends up contemplating the sun as the idea of the good. There's a kind of imagery of ascent from a cave to the sun in the cave allegory. And of course, if you've read The Republic or if you plan to read it, or if you just happen to know something about it, the return back down into the cave. So the theme of ascent and descent, of becoming isolated and then going back down, we have something like that prefigured in Plato's Republic that might already be resonating with some of you. And perhaps Nietzsche intended already for it to resonate with us as we read these opening lines of Zarathustra. So you great star, what would your happiness be if you had not those for whom you shine? For 10 years, you've come up here to my cave. You would have tired of your light and of this route without me, my eagle and my snake. So now we learn that Nietzsche was not just alone, he didn't have other people with him, that's true. But he has his eagle and his snake, these two animals. We don't know more about them yet. We'll say more about them as we go on because they recur in the text. And we'll have occasion to think about what they signify, who they are, what they mean for Zarathustra, what they mean for us. We awaited you every morning, he continues. Took your overflow from you and blessed you for it. Behold, I am Weary of my wisdom, like a bee that has gathered too much honey. I need hands that reach out. I want, Zarathustra continues, to bestow and distribute. He's overflowing. His cup runneth over. He needs to spread the light that he's accumulated. Or the light that he's become. He needs to shine for others. I want to bestow and distribute until... He says, the wise among human beings have once again enjoyed their folly and the poor once again their wealth. Now, we don't know exactly what he means yet by that. There are different ways you can understand that, different ways you can interpret it. But the wise should enjoy their folly. Does that mean they should know that their wisdom amounts to nothing? That their wisdom amounts to little? That they don't know what they think they know? Potentially Socratic 
overtones there? Or does it mean that their true happiness doesn't consist in what they call wisdom or in what they call knowledge? Well, in any case, he wants to bestow and to distribute. At least this is what he's saying to the sun. And for this, I must descend into the depths as you do evenings when you go behind the sea and bring light even to the underworld, you super rich star. So Zarathustra wants to be like the sun, not the Apollonian Olympic sun, the sun at the peak of Mount Olympus. That's just always somehow shining in an eternal day with no transition to the night, no descending into the underworld, no darkness, no twilight. No, that's not Zarathustra's world, that eternal everlasting sun, that eternal everlasting light. Rather, he sees the sun shining both in the day and in the night, both above the sea and under the sea. He wants to follow the path of the sun. He wants to be a descender, a kind of liminal figure in this sense. So as he says, like you, I must go down, as the human beings say, to whom I want to descend. Ten years he's been in solitude, and now he wants to descend to humans to bestow and distribute. So bless me now, you quiet eye that can look upon even an all too great happiness without envy. Bless the cup that wants to overflow, such that water flows golden from it and everywhere carries the reflection of your bliss. So what we have so far in this address, he wants to share this overabundance of bliss, this overabundance of happiness, of spirit. And he could only do that by going back down. He has to have someone for whom to shine. Behold, this cup wants to become empty again. Kind of emptying out. Zarathustra wants to become human again. Some prefigurations here or some resonances to other gods who have emptied themselves out for the benefit of humanity, who have returned for the benefit of humanity. And our task will be to understand how Zarathustra differs from them, who he is, what he represents, what he can and can't accomplish. But thus began Zarathustra's going under. That's what we have in chapter one of the first part, Zarathustra's prologue. Just do a quick little review here. He's been in the mountains for 10 years. He's got his eagle and his snake. He's been in a cave. So even at the height represented by the mountain, there's still a kind of concealed aspect there. A Dionysian aspect, a dark, shadowy aspect, even up in the mountains here. He's been happy, but he wants his happiness to be distributed. He wants his cup to flow over. He wants to be empty again. Thus began Zarathustra's going under. So now that the stage has been set, let's see how the story plays out.